Today, we turn the tide. My longtime friend and board member of Deep Adventure Ministries, Timothy McCormick, is going to interview me about my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. You know, one of the most adventurous things you can do in life is to have a special woman in your life that you really cherish and love. Maybe it's your mother, your grandmother, your wife, your fiance, your girlfriend, your daughter. Uh, but someone in your life that God has given you kuleana uh, with, someone that you have a care for. And uh, I'm going to challenge the men to do something extraordinary. It doesn't have to be a big, spectacular thing, but not. don't wait for a birthday or a special occasion. Today, pray about, ask the Lord to give you a nudge, to give you an inspiration, something special to do that for that woman that is... Um, you know, different than what you would normally expect from you. Maybe you do the honey-do list on the weekends, or maybe, uh, you know, you're, fa- you're faithful and, 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 you, and all these things, but you need to s- step outside the box, men. Don't be a Neanderthal anymore. Don't be a knuckle-dragger. You can pray and ask the Lord to, sh- to, to show you something special that you can do for them. Uh, maybe it's sending flowers in an unexpected way. Maybe it's picking your own bouquet of flowers. Maybe it's uh, taking your wife to a, a, a bed and breakfast just for one night. Maybe it's getting a special babysitter and and uh, taking her, whisking her away for something that she doesn't even expect. Maybe taking her up to a beautiful mountain uh, under a tree or by a stream or by the beach and pack a picnic for her. Men, you know, start being a little bit more romantic with your women. Uh, start to show them that you treasure them, that you cherish them, that you know they're not just like you, they're not just another guy. There's someone that's special and precious to you. And uh, treat them like a woman and 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 be romantic with them and... and uh, you know, treasure them and love them. Ask God to show you how, and then move immediately on your first inspiration and do it. You know, um, my father always made a special effort with my mother every day. There was something special that he did for her. Uh, maybe it was bringing in a flower from outdoors or something, but every day. And he always did so many things for her, she didn't even know he, uh, he was doing for her until, you know, later on. So, come on, man, we can do this. And, I, you know, I was inspired this morning in my morning prayer time. This is a recorded show, and so I can do whatever I want with it, you know. Uh, this morning, I just had a beautiful sunrise. I was sitting in my, my lanai in Cocoa Beach, Florida, looking out over the ocean at the sunrise. And every morning, I have this different this pattern of prayer, and part of my pattern of prayer is to read the imitation of Christ, and it's all about love. And so, uh, since I've, for some reason I'm on the love theme today, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna read from the imitation Thomas Aquinas. Everyone, I think, should be. Re- I, I pray through this book, uh, and then I start it over. So every day I read one or two pages from this, uh, just as part of my prayer life. So I'm gonna read from you uh, one of the chapters. Um, love is a strong force, a great good. In every way, it alone can make our burdens light, and alone it bears in equal balance what is pleasing and displeasing. It carries a burden and does not feel it, and makes all that is bitter taste sweet. The noble love of Jesus urges us to do great things and spurs us on to desire perfection. 
Love tends upward to God and is not occupied with the things of the earth. Love also will be free from all worldly affections so that its inner vision does not become dimmed, nor does it let itself be trapped by any temporal interest or downcast by misfortune. Nothing is sweeter than love, nothing higher, nothing stronger, nothing larger, nothing more joyful, nothing fuller, nothing better in heaven or on earth. For love is born of God and can find its rest only in God. Above all, he has created. Such lovers fly high, run swiftly, and rejoice. Their souls are free. They give all for all and have all in all, for they rest in one supreme goodness above all things, from whom all other good flows and proceeds. They, know, they look not only at the gifts, but at the giver, who is above all gifts. Love knows no limits, but is fervent above all measure. It feels no burden, makes light of labor, desiring to do more than it is able. Nothing is impossible to love, for it thinks that it can and may do all things for the beloved. Therefore it does and effects many things, while those who do not love falter and fail. Level Love is ever watchful. It rests, but does not sleep. Though weary, it is not tired. Restricted, yet not hindered. Although it sees reason to fear, it is not dismayed. But like a spark of fire in a burning flame, it blazes upward to God by the fervor of its love. And through the help of his grace is delivered from all dangers. Those who love thus know well what their voices mean when they cry out to God with all the ardor of their soul. You Lord God, are my whole love and all my desire. You are all mine, and I am all yours. Let my heart expand in your love. Let me learn to know your, your, how sweet it is to serve you, how joyful it is to praise you, and to be dissolved in your love. Oh, I am possessed by love and rise above myself because of the great fervor I feel through your infinite goodness." I will sing the canticle of love to you and will follow you, my beloved, wherever you go. And may my soul never weary of praising you, rejoicing in your love. I will love you more than myself and myself only for your sake. I will live all others in you and for you as your law of love commands. Love is swift, sincere, pious, joyful, and glad. It is strong, patient, faithful, wise, forbearing, courageous, and is never self-seeking. For when people seek themselves, they cease to love. Love is cautious, humble, and upright, not weak, not flighty, nor concerned with trifles. It is sober, chaste, firm, quiet, and keeps guard over the senses. I've been reading from uh, The Imitation of Christ by St. Thomas Akempis. I just felt compelled to do that today. Hey, you guys, when we get right back with Deep Adventure Radio, my friend Timothy McCormick, longtime friend and member of the board of directors of our Deep Adventure Ministry, is going to interview me. We're going to talk about my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. So we'll be right back after these messages. This is Bear Wozniak, your adventure guide. Hi, this is Daryl Mansfield, and you're listening to Bear Wozniak, Deep Adventure Radio. Guess what? He's almost as cool as me. All across the nation, people are tuning in to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I recommend it to all my friends, Catholic and non-Catholic. Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic radio has been a must for me and my family. To have EWTN broadcasting locally with such faith-filled and wholesome programs 
is a real pleasure. To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today we have as our guest a, a longtime friend, about as far back as the friendship could go, all the way back to high school, all the way back to selling shoes, all the way back to fumbling around, uh, having difficulty talking to girls, having the cr- crush on the same waitress at the same time, uh, roommate, uh, all the way through uh, uh, Baylor University. He was a young Baptist. I was a young Catholic. And now here we have with us uh, someone who is now pursuing becoming a deacon in the Catholic Church, one of the closest friends I have in the world, uh, Tim McCormick. Aloha, Tim. Hey, aloha, Bear. How's it going, buddy? How's everything in Texas? Oh, it, man, it is hot and humid already. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer in, in, you know, beautiful Kingwood, Texas. Kingwood, Texas. Hey, so, uh, you know, I often talk about how I, I my ministry, when I first started, I had this image of the guy in the black pickup truck uh, who really needed to get some traction in his life. And uh, when we reconnected, I found out you're the guy in the black pickup truck. What kind of pickup truck is that again? Yeah, uh, it, that's kind of interesting because uh, I, I'm calling from my mobile command center as we speak, otherwise known as the big black truck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, a, a cowboy Cadillac, as you know, uh, in, in Texas, that's what we call them. It's a, a Chevy Silverado Texas edition, so uh it's wonderful, as you know, right? I mean, you, you've I, ridden it. Yeah, it was so cool, you guys, because we were down there in Galveston, Texas, giving a retreat on a, one of our deep adventure quests with Father Mark Goring, and we were out there, you know, stand-up paddle surfing and everything like that. And uh, Tim and I are supposed to meet somebody for lunch at the end, another one of our best friends, Jerry Cohn, from, who also went to Baylor. And uh, and we're supposed to meet up with them. We're taking a wrong turn. I think we didn't believe uh, our Google Maps voice or something. And uh, I said, "Well, it's right over there." And he just he just you know drove up over the the uh, the parking area, up over the grass, down a little gully, and over to where we were supposed to be. We kind of took the Texas shortcut, the two the, the Texas two step to get us over there. So the man in the black pickup truck, Timothy McCormick. But you know, I got yeah, some, I got the, some I got some the, the legend, right? The legend. Uh, but I got something funny to tell you. I was doing a, 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 a men's conference in Sacramento over there at St. Mel's uh, a couple weeks ago, and I started talking about the guy in the black pickup truck, and I asked him, so who are the guys here with the black pickup trucks? You know, out of over 200 guys, only one guy raised his hand. I was shocked. But then, but then he goes, it's for sale. I go, how much? He says, 2500 and he sold it that day at the men's conference. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I could guarantee you if you asked that question at a conference in Texas and you had 200 guys, about 100 of them would hold their hand up. Well, you know, you know what my problem is? Here's my problem. When I came to Cocoa Beach, Florida, I didn't know what God was up to. I didn't know if I was going to be here for a day, a week, or a month. And time kept extend, expanding in time. I realized God wanted me here most of the time, not Hawaii. So I bought a 2005 Mercury Mariner with over 100,000 miles on it, and it runs so good. 
And, you know, so I can't, you know, I can't get a black pickup truck until this thing, I, I'd run it into the ground. I think it's going to run for another decade. So I'm the guy with a little 2005 white Mercury Mariner and all the other listeners are driving around in big old black pickup trucks. But anyway, it's, <coughs> it, it is great to have you on the show. And I do, I really do would like to have a Texas Cadillac one of these days, the big black Texas Cadillac. But uh, we're hooking up here for a... Uh, a uh, little bit different reason, you know. Timothy uh, was uh, raised Baptist, even with his last name being McCormick, in Waco, Texas. Uh, but in time, several years ago, he and his wife were sitting outside uh, and saying, "Basically, can you just give us the the quick rundown on that? What happened that day?" Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my my wife, uh, you know, was from a, a good Irish Catholic family also um and but she had really fallen away from from the catholic faith for a number of years and and i, I would say since we we had been married um i think i i did a very good job of of making her protestant ish and um but over time we we had just stopped going to church and and so you know one sunday morning uh, we were sitting out on our patio on the back porch, beautiful morning, drinking coffee, and and she just looked over at me and she said, "You know, we've got to go back to church at some point, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, yeah, you're right, we do." And uh, I said, "I've been thinking exactly the same thing for a long time." And um, she said, "You know, the thing is, I just feel like uh, as as." beautiful sometimes is is the baptist services are she said i don't know I, I it's just because of my upbringing i just feel like something's missing you know and I, I i don't know if i can be exactly be comfortable there and i said well you know um why don't uh why don't we go to rcia and uh, let me learn something about the catholic church you know because i mean for me at the time it was more of sort of a uh, an intellectual pursuit. I'm, I'm curious about all religions and um, always had held uh, the Catholic Church in high regard, but but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about their theology you held it, or, you, or anything. You held it in high regard even though you knew me when I was a charismatic fanatic Catholic in college? Yeah, I got past that eventually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, But uh, anyway... We, you know, uh, she said, well, that'd be great because, you know, uh, I went through uh, through all the classes when I was a kid, and I didn't really learn anything either. I was just waiting for it to be over with so I could get out, you know. So anyway, long story short, we started going to RCIA, and after about, I guess, a couple of months, she said, you know, um, I'm 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 okay. I you know pretty pretty well picked up what I want to learn with it. But by that time something had gotten a hold of me, and so uh, you know it was kind of ironic that that she eventually stopped going and I kept going, and uh, you know it led to my uh, my confirmation uh, at Easter Vigil in I guess 2013. Um, and so the journey has continued. And, and you know, and then you, we somehow we reconnected in 2014, I think, and now you're on the board of directors of our, our ministry, and you're also uh, in the discernment process for the diaconate. So 
that's yeah that's correct uh you know if uh if everything goes right uh I, you know i start seminary uh in january of next year 2017 that's so. so praise god i mean it's so cool i have i have a good baptist a baptist friend here he used to be a baptist uh minister uh was the chaplain at university of miami during their big uh, national championship football basketball baseball seasons and uh, he's about to become a catholic you know so um you know you just there's just so much depth in in the catholic church and its teaching and in its spirituality i think you came more from uh, you had that intellectual side of you satisfied he's coming more from kind of that uh, mother teresa franciscan sort of um side but when you received the what, what is your sense of what about the Eucharist. What? When did that kind of pop for you? Um, you know, bear. I, I, I guess I. It really not not just the Eucharist itself, but um, uh, everything that as as Catholics we accept as mysteries. Um, all sort of uh, came uh, to reality for me. Just sort of at one point where I realized, uh, you know, that, that Christianity is driven by faith, and and you you know there are some things that uh, that I'll I'll never be able to know, uh, you know, from that from that intellectual perspective, uh, there will not never be scientific proof there will you know that that I can look at, but there. There is an existence of things if you, if you look at the world through different eyes now that that is proof to me and um, it's it was just about surrendering my intellect to my faith and and when I did that the world opened up for me and then it becomes uh, and then it becomes faith seeking uh, understand. Uh, uh, faith seeking understanding you know it it and and there's nothing that violates our, our our reason but it does take a leap of faith at some point okay so we have you on here for a special reason uh we once a year or so we turn the tides on the interviewer and i get interviewed uh by tim mccormick uh because he I, you know he knows where all the dirty laundry is he knows my whole life history, so um, I don't know what, you know, it, it's kind of a dangerous thing to put the, the microphone in his hand, but we're going to talk story today about, about my book that uh, Servant Books just published, just came out, um, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. It's available on our website, by the way, deepadventure.com. But, uh, so, Tim, uh, I, I am now your guest on your show, well, uh, uh, your own personal Deep Adventure radio show, so let it roll. Okay. Well, uh, uh, first of all, Bear, uh, you know, thanks for coming on the show. And I'm kind of uh, nervous. We'll try to, I'm kind of nervous. But, yeah. Okay. I'm sure you are. We'll we'll keep the dirty laundry in the closet, though. Okay, because uh, what what I want to talk about is something uh, at at a much higher level than that. Um, I uh, I got your book on Sunday morning. Okay, and. Uh, you know, I was, it, it was kind of a short amount of time and I had a lot of stuff to do. And I was saying, you know, I thought, well, you know, what I'm going to do is just kind of do a cliff notes thing of it and sort of skim the chapters and write down some stuff that makes sense to me that, that really impresses me. Um, and, and, you know, get this thing done so we can talk about it. Uh, I ended up reading the whole book. I mean, <laughs> I, I sat in the chair all day Sunday because I'm not exactly a speed reader, you know. Um, and uh, uh, it uh, it was great. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you know, a lot's written about the seven virtues, but but 
nothing like this. Um, and so, first of all, congratulations there, Mayor. Well, thanks. Hey, by the way, uh, I got a question to ask you. Did you just skim over the acknowledgments? Uh, I read all of the acknowledgments. Well, was there anything in there that stood out to you? I'm just curious how alert you were. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, <laughs> I don't know the, if you... Actually, the, the first note I have is regarding an acknowledgment, um, oh. and uh, it's it, it was written by uh, Jesse Romero, and he described the book as muscular Christianity. Uh, that it's like a piece of red meat for Catholic men. And, uh, man, that really hit me because after I'd read it, I said, that's that's exactly what it is, you know. Um, but that's probably not what you're referring to. But uh, that was the one that, uh, you know, that I— that I wanted that I wanted to talk about. So okay, well, yeah, let's keep rolling with that. So I'll, I'll let I'll let you go. Go ahead and keep rolling. Oh yeah, okay. So <clears throat> anyway, that you know that that type that type of thing, that's really what your ministry is all about, right? You mean the the muscular uh, Christianity? The muscular Christianity, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and you think about it, uh, Christianity is it ha- is countercultural. Um, you know, it's, since its inception, uh, it's a very masculine thing. When you, do, you just read the, the writings of Saint Paul and his, he and Timothy, you know, hiking all over the that area of the world, up in mean, very steep terrain and and uh, witnessing on on shipwrecks, and, and all but one of the apostles was uh, was martyred. You know, so uh, Christianity isn't for the weak or the timid. Uh, you have to be bold. You have to be. Uh, you have to have uh, courage. You need to have fortitude. Um, it, you really need to walk in the seven virtues if you really, you know. And I always think that the seven virtues are a way for the guy in the black pickup truck to get traction, to put a weightiness of purpose in the bed of that truck, so it just sinks down and can grab uh, grab pavement, you know. So yeah, I I, I think that uh, we've over have misunderstood in some way over, you know, kind of softened up Jesus. Like if he was here today, he'd be doing poetry readings or something at and, and at Starbucks and complaining about the latte being a little bit too cold. You know what I mean? Jesus, yeah, Jesus yeah. is a tough, sinewy, radical man, you know, who said, I have not come to bring peace, but, a, you know, but um, a sword, you know, he, he, he what, you know, and, and the, the sword of division is based on that one simple question. Who do you say that I am? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, well said. That's that's exactly right. These guys, I mean, you know, first of all, uh, you know, a fisherman, if you've ever been around them. You know, these aren't like uh, uh, ivory tower professor kind of guys. You know what I mean? Um, They uh, they're tough guys. They 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 make a tough living. And uh, you know, I mean, it it was even more so back then, right? Um, But that I mean that that sort of leads me to to my next point um, about the the story that you share. Uh, about your son Shane in the first chapter, where he 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 saved that that girl that was you know trapped into the surf and could have been could have been killed, um, 
I, you know, I, I don't know if you want to kind well, of give just, a, a sort of Reader's Digest version of that. Well, the thing about the, the thing about this book, uh, Deep Adventure: The Way of Heroic Virtue, it, it's written with the same sort of narrative style that my my bestseller, Deep in the Wave: A Surfing Guide to the Soul, is, and, and that is that we take it down the path of adventure because our feeling at, at Deep Adventure. Uh, ministries is our creed is that the most radical thing you can do in life is is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And I was just giving an example of my son Shane, who was a beach boy down in Waikiki, and there was a, a tourist on a surfboard, and she'd just been swept um, through uh, the surf and into the inside section, which you normally can't get to, and her board was careening towards uh, this really rocky jetty. And I was talking to Shane, and all of a sudden he just took off like a bullet, and he ran through the surf, leaped, grabbed her, rolled off the board, and then he uh, uh, rolled on his back so that he would take the beating on the rocks and, uh, and then had to have the, the, the thought to uh, unstrap the leash before it sucked him back out to sea. So it wasn't like she was going to just drown. She was going to get beat up and then drowned. And so Shane saved her. But I, and then I used that, all that happened there as, a, as a, a kind of an entrance to the dialogue about the seven virtues. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the, I, I guess the thing that, that stood out for me in that story. Um, I mean, as you know, you know, Shane is somebody that's really close to my heart too, right? I mean, you know, we we worked together filming um, uh, the retreat uh, in Cocoa Beach a couple of years ago, and this guy is such a humble, quiet, unassuming, gentle person. He's not he's he's not the kind of hero that popular culture would invent now, but he. He is a warrior because that's the way warriors really are. Okay, you know, Jim, that, that's what I came away with. Okay, we got to take a break here at Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I'm being interviewed by a buddy of mine, uh, Tim McCormick. Uh, we will be right back uh, to talk more about my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, which is available at deepadventure.com. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road, stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. On the next Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. We'll keep you closely connected to the faith with the latest from Rome, the front lines of the pro-life movement, and we'll also take a look at other crucial issues facing you and your family in our one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Catholic Connection, weekday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. To help you get more from the Global Catholic Network, EWTN offers a monthly program guide completely free of charge. This handy schedule tells you where to look for your favorite Catholic programs. For your free guide, write to EWTN Program Guide, Irondale, Alabama, 35210. This is Barbara McWiggin. Don't miss the good fight. EWTN's live radio talk show on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. What does it profit a man to conquer the whole world if he cannot conquer himself? The saints are Mother Church's greatest conquerors. We only have one life to live. Let us together strive for sanctity while we have the breath to breathe. 
the good fight, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. God bless you. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 66. I don't know how many of you out there have uh, got your private pilot license, but one of the first things they do, I mean, within the first two or three flights, I don't know if they're using it to separate the men from the boys or, or, or what, but they take you out and they teach you how to do a stall. In other words, you're flying in the plane. It's doing, you're doing just great. You're like, uh, you know, tense as can be. You're hanging on too hard to the, you know, to the throttle and everything. And then they say, okay, just raise this nose up and put it to full throttle. And let's take this puppy up until it stalls and starts to fall back down. So you're going up and up and up and up, and you start hearing uh, you start hearing the engine screaming louder. You 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 feel yourself slowing down, and there's this high kind of whistling sound uh, that is screaming at you, saying, "This isn't good. This is a ma- this is an alarm. You're about to go into a stall." And then all of a sudden, the plane stalls, and, and your engine, which of course is the heaviest part of the plane, just drops, and you're in free fall. Your engine is just dr- hurtling towards earth. And then the instructor says, "Put it." you know, to full throttle, go as fast as you can. And what that does is it accelerates you enough uh, so that you'll come out of the stall. The lesson is that an airplane wants to fly. And an airplane is made to fly. Even in a stall, it wants to come out of that stall and it wants to fly. You're an airplane. God has given you a spirit. God's given you a heart that's meant to soar, that's meant to fly. If you feel yourself in a stall, put your nose down. Get a little bit humble. And just focus on the Lord and just say, Lord, not by might, not by strength, but by your spirit. I give all I am to you. You're meant to fly. Your problems shouldn't be holding you down. Get humble before the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Now back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. Coming to you today from Cocoa Beach, Florida. You know, the Lord in his sneaky ways has gradually moved me here. I still have my home in Waikiki. I'll be returning for a a month or so uh, doing a competition and filming a reality show. And by the way, we should let you know that Deep Adventure Quest reality TV show is premiering on EWTN June 22nd. So I get to be in Father Mitch Paquist's show um, on, uh, on, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, June 22nd, and then 10 p.m. Eastern Time, June 22nd, the world premiere of our new reality show, Deep Adventure Quest, uh, will be on EWTN. So I hope you guys can tune in. You can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, and then, then you kind of will keep you up to date on what's going on, because season two is going to be a blast, and uh, you might be able to be a part of that. So uh, go to our website and subscribe, and you can also find our, my books and other things. A Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, just released by Servant Books. And of course, my bestseller, Deep in the Way of a Surfing Guide to the Soul, is available there too. Uh, we have as our co-adventure guide today, a member of our board of directors, Timothy McCormick. He's a Catholic convert, uh, converted to Catholicism about three years ago, and now is on his way to the diaconate. Uh, he was a friend of mine in high school and in college, and uh, we found each other again about three years ago, and we've been off and running ever since. We've been giving Deep Adventure Quest retreats together, and uh, and uh, uh, Tim has been very involved in helping us develop the Deep Adventure Quest reality show. So we're stoked to have you on the show, Tim. Aloha. Aloha, Bear. But now we're turning, yeah. we're turning the tables, and you're going to interview me. We're talking story about the new book, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to take it here, buddy. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> 
you know, before, right before the break, we we were uh, we were talking about uh, your son's rescue of the, of the young lady in the surf uh, in in Hawaii uh, several years ago, and and you know the the point I was making is that you know uh, your son is uh, in in many ways in your image and and also as well as the image of his mother. Um, his dear mother, uh, as a quiet, really gentle guy, um, and and someone that that current culture would never promote really uh, as a hero. But you know, the point being that I made is really that that's that's what heroes are made of. And uh, so I, you know, I know that uh, as as a dad you would uh, absolutely agree with me, right? Right. I think so much uh, in our, our culture today, we look at the, the flamboyant, uh, you know, movie star type uh, uh, athlete or whatever, uh, and we forget the... I, I think of Loriano, a, a man who was uh, in charge of the, the uh, physical grounds at our condo in Waikiki, uh, all the things that he did and how hard he worked and how positive he was. And he was a Christian. But one morning I was walking along Waikiki early in the morning and I bumped into him and he was at another place working, uh, I think, as security. And I realized this man is working two jobs, providing for his kids, because all he ever tells me about is my daughter's going to this school, uh, my son is g- going there, that he's working these two jobs to make a better life for his children and also always being an example of virtue to his children and, a, and, a vir- and a, the, ex- the leading by example as a Christian. That's a, being a hero. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. You know, but, uh our our country and and our world are are full of of heroes you know uh, dads like that that you know get up every morning that that are working you know two maybe three jobs uh, to take care of their children to, and and their wife to take care of their family and and do it quietly and and do it you know joyfully willingly um those guys to me are the the real heroes that's what that's what holds our society together um and those are the kind of guys that that you write about you know um and and do so well um i you know one one of the things in in conjunction with that you're you're really leading me kind of up into my next topic is um you know the second chapter there was uh, the, the, the you entitled it true north and um it was really kind of a fascinating uh commentary and observation on relativism in the culture um and i you know i just kind of want you to talk about that a little well, bit well you know it's hysterical you know uh uh, you know, I've been lost uh, in the mountains before. I was I was hunting uh, with my father, and a couple of the men, in the snow, and there was clouds. It was up in the it was up in the Rocky Mountains, right near Glacier Park. I used to cabin up there. I used to have a cabin up there on the Flathead, just south of just four miles from Canada. And we were hunting, and I had my compass, and I'm and my job was to kind of walk a certain direction in the snow, and we were kind of pinching uh, the deer uh, towards my father, uh, who was up on the on the fire trail. And, uh, and it's snow, so you're, deep, you're walking at least a foot or more of snow, and I'm walking along, and I just didn't believe my compass. And so I kept kind of making my own way along, and I began to realize I'm not really sure where I am because it's cloudy. I can't see the mountaintops. I'm in the woods. I have no sense of, of north, east, west. I just lost everything. But luckily, I came upon a trail. 
of someone who certainly looked like they were doing, and I just started following that trail in the snow, only to find out it was my own trail, that I to- totally made a whole circle. <laughs> and, and, and so what happens is we, we, we do that. We kind of, we, we're like dogs chasing our own tail. We're, we're circling in on ourselves. You know, the, 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 the one thing that uh, it, it, people can't stand these days is to say that there's a moral absolute. In fact, what they'll say is there is no moral absolute. And, of course, that's an absolute statement. So they've just made a moral absolute. Uh, so they've contradicted themselves. But the one thing that uh, people that are really into being uh, tolerant or intolerant of is people who believe in that there's an absolute uh, moral. And we're not talking about values. Uh, values kind of s- set a sense of kind of a, a prior- prioritization. What we're talking about is the truly good and the truly evil, and that, uh, yes, um, they come from God, but also, yes, uh, they, they make total sense. You know, and so in our culture today, I was I was at the men's conference at St. Mel's, and I asked all the men when I tell you to, you know, I had them all stand up, and I said when I tell you to at the count of three, at, at the count of, you know, right right when I tell you to, I want you men to all point north, so one two three point north, and you know what they did? They all pointed the exact same direction, and I looked at my compass, they were exactly right. I'm like, this can't be happening because every time I've ever done that in the past, like the, the, the hands go all every which direction, and men pride themselves on knowing where they are and their direction, you know. Uh, as a Norwegian, we have something we call the Norwegian compass. It's a mirror. You know, we don't know where we are, but we know who we are when we look at it, so you know, that, that's about it. They all pointed the same direction. I'm like, how do you guys do that? And they go, well, it had to do with the name of the streets. There was a Sunrise Street and a Sunset Street or something, but... The way the church was positioned, it was like, you know, if you'd been there more than once or twice, you knew exactly which way it was. Or not the church, but the church hall was. So, um, yeah, so they all knew exactly where north was. And we need to realize that there is a true north. Uh, The Hokulea, the voyaging canoe... Uh, for the Hawaiian Islands was just here in Cocoa Beach a, a couple uh, weeks ago. And, you know, they, they sail based on the stars. Uh, but uh, the, in uh, Hawaii, uh, there's something called the, what they call a zenith star, the star that kind of is directly overhead of the island. And in, in Hawaii, it's, uh, it's called the Hokulea. That's the, the name of the star. And you, and you, and you, and you uh, voyage based on these absolute um, places that the stars are. There is such a thing as absolute truth. And as Catholics, we have it, not only through reason, but through revelation. And so uh, going deep, you know, if you want to, if you, you know, one of your jobs is being, a, first of all, Catholics are for, th- being a Catholic is, is a, a, a child can understand it, but uh, men of reason can spend their whole year studying it and never fathom even the first, you know, couple inches deep of it, you know. But if you are a Catholic, you have an obligation to make sure that you're being well-formed. And one of the best ways to do that is by spending time every day in the catechism, which I do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, that that's a point that, that I was going to make uh, as you spoke. It came to me that, uh, you know, we do have absolutes. We, we have we have the Bible. We have the catechism. And if you establish that as your true north, then your development uh, as a Christian, uh, it will be complete. I, well, it, it, it will never be complete till the day you draw your last breath, but it will be the direction that God has has created us to head. Um, you know, there the 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 point about uh, you know no absolute morals, uh, no absolute right and wrong is you know God gave us hints about that in the way He created the universe. I mean, there's <clears throat> there are two parts to a magnet, right? <laughs> there's 
you know, the positive pole, the negative pole, those are two, two opposites and they're absolute. And, you know, energy always flows from the positive to the negative, uh, in the world. Um, there's darkness, there's light. Uh, it's, it's all around us. And, 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 you know, to say that it doesn't exist is ignoring reality. And there again, that's where that the reason comes in, uh, as, as we expand, you know, our, our faith and our relationship with God. We're talking with Tim McCormick. He's one of my long-time friends. Uh, actually, Tim, we had good times. We were actually pretty solid guys. I don't remember you ever drinking to excess. I remember, I don't either, during our college days. I just remember once you were using your nunchucks, and, I, and this, this, uh, this is, we're about to end this segment, and I'm doing this right now on purpose because you can't respond. It's going to be too late for you to respond, but I remember you and I were into, into karate, and you were spitting your nunchucks, and I remember one t- nunchucks. I remember you were watching the weather and woke up uh, listening to Johnny Carson's monologue because you had hit, knocked yourself out with one of the new checks. I had a big line right down the middle of your forehead. So, um, okay, you can't respond, Tim. It's too late. We got to go. This is Bear Wazing with Deep Adventure Radio. Tim McCormick <laughs> is interviewing me on my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. We'll be right back after this. International Deep Adventure Radio. The young people are the future of the church. And right here, they are also the present. Let your faith catch on fire as you get to know the young guests who stand up firm for their faith on the Rock of Christ, forever young. On the next Life on the Rock, only on EWTN. Life on the Rock is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. For a complete list of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network AM and FM stations across America, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. The list is updated regularly, so visit often. Again, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. Also at EWTN.com, you'll find out how to listen to us on the web, on shortwave, and in some countries on satellite. You'll find it all on EWTN.com. I'm Brian Patrick, and here at EWTN News Nightly, we're very much aware our world is changing rapidly. The news can be so troubling, but it helps to get it in the context of Catholic teaching. That's why I encourage you to watch EWTN News Nightly and to subscribe to the print edition of the National Catholic Register. Always faithful, in-depth coverage of crucial issues like religious freedom, the sanctity of all human life, traditional marriage, and Pope Francis, his travels, his powerful homilies, and great features like one of my favorites on St. Joseph, provider and protector. Subscribe to the print edition of the National Catholic Register and watch EWTN News Nightly, the perfect combination for faithful Catholics who want the news, who want the truth. For a free three-issue trial of the National Catholic Register, Go to EWTN.com and click on the banner for the register or call 800-421-3230 for your three free issues. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. Uh, Tim, I'm really sorry that I let the cat out of the bag in our last segment. Right at the very end, uh, where you, uh, where we talked about you getting knocked out by your nunchucks, uh, do you have any retort to that? <laughs> we, we love that story, don't we? I, I, um, if you mean we, you mean Bear Wozniak really loves that story, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Have we ever been uh, together and me not talk about it? 
No, I don't think we have. And, um, you know, at the retreats we've done and, uh, and, and elsewhere, uh, that story always seems to kind of find its way into the dialogue. It's, you know, an amazing thing. It's usually at the moment of a great deep teaching too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it really is. Yeah. It's kind of, Um, Oh, by the way, have I mentioned Tim knocking himself out with his own nunchucks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you certainly have now. Well, you, but now you have uh, the chance because you're interviewing me, so you can say whatever you want to. It, you know, you can you can take it. You can uh, have your revenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I would never do that, you know, because uh, yeah, I, I sort of exist on a higher plane. I, you know, I don't think uh, <clears throat> your um, uh, listeners kind of really understand what you know how how uh, deeply disturbed uh, Bear Wozniak is. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I, I just, I, I do that. agree. I think you live on a higher plane. I'm much more humble than you, but okay. But go ahead, move on into the <laughs> interview. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's move along onto something else because it, it, it really segues what we were talking about before into the, the next point that I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> um, you know, the, in, in, was that uh, chapter four, really, we start talking about the virtue of justice. And, um, you know, as you know, um, uh, virtue is, uh, is, is the, uh, the thing that is sort of, in my mind, anchored by justice. Um, that's, that's the virtue that sort of drives uh, well, it doesn't drive the other virtues, but but the other virtues always are uh, actionable to establish justice. And um, I uh, I found uh, the other day I ran across a, a, a sort of a different uh, uh, different definition of justice from what maybe you see in the catechism, but it doesn't, it doesn't contramand it. It just, it just says it a different way, but justice is what God originally created when he created the universe. It was perfect. And, and it was justice. And, and with the fall of man, uh, we, we have been trying to, uh, to recover justice through, throughout the, the long history of mankind. And, um, I thought, wow, that's really kind of a neat way to neat way to look at it. But uh, I was just gonna like give you a little time to to you, you know talk about that. You know, it it is true. Uh, the uh, The virtue of justice is uh, giving to each person what they have due from you, uh, as defined by the Catholic Church. But also, remember, God is a person. And so justice towards God has to be the very first thing that we deal with. And that is, are we, are we giving God his due? Um, you know, you're right. Uh, God made everything perfect. Everything, the word good is, is a powerful, very important word because only God is good. And everything God made was good. Even Satan, when he was made, was good. God made him one of the, one of the greatest angels. Uh, but when he, one of the things he gave Satan is the freedom of will because he didn't make him a robot. You know, uh, he, he made him uh, a being, a rational being, a spiritual being that can make a decision. And, and in him, 
Uh, what's unique about Satan is that in, in him, uh, without being tempted from anyone on the outside, he began to lean away from the truth and then fall away from the truth, and as Jesus said, became the father of all lies. Well, the same thing is true with mankind. When we, when we allow the deceiver to deceive us, we made a decision. So evil, in a sense, doesn't exist at all. What it is is really the absence of good or a distortion of the good. God made mankind good. He made uh, even the Satan good. But then we, in our, one of the good things God made us was our freedom of choice and freedom of the will. And so uh, by, not choosing, by not choosing God's will, you're really choosing, it's, it's a mistake, because everything God wills is good and everything God wills is love. Why would you choose something less than that? And so one of the, the roles of, of the Catholic Church, the role of Jesus Christ, is recapitulation to raise man back up to that original state of justice, of innocence, of dignity, uh, of sonship uh, with God. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a distortion out there uh, in regards to God's justice. That's just horrible. And it's a reason why a lot of people have become atheists or at least disagree with Christian, so-called Christian doctrine. It's a doctrine that had never been heard of before until around 500 years ago when Martin Luther began to, uh, to speak about it. And then most of Protestantism believes in it. And it's regards to justice towards God. It says that the teaching is called penal substitution. And it's saying that Jesus came on earth for one reason, and that was to die on the cross. And that when he went to the cross, he became the substitute. All of our sins were placed on him, which, yes, is true. But it was all, we, we, instead of us being punished by a vengeful, just God, uh, Jesus was. That Jesus paid the price uh, for, uh, and was punished for our sins by a vengeful, uh, just, you know, so-called just God. Nothing could be further than the truth. Jesus... And the, you know, the Father, when Jesus became incarnate, that was the beginning of the recapitulation. That was the beginning of the weightlifters bending down to lift the weight and, and press it up to his chest and then over his head as he hung on the cross. Jesus did come, uh, became incarnate. Then everything that he did in his life, everything, uh, obeying, as it says, his mother and his father, growing in wisdom and stature before both man and God. In those silent years when we don't even know what he was doing, he was working side by side with Joseph probably, uh, working in carpentry, every act of obedience, every every uh, time of self-donation was part of his act of justice, of recapitulation. When he was baptized, he said to John, it is needful that I be baptized that I may fulfill all righteousness. That was his mission, to fulfill all righteousness. And when he was baptized, he was blessing the waters so that when we were baptized, we can be joined in him rising up again, him lifting us up again, him raising our dignity again, back to that original justice. And so he taught his disciples. He, he raised the, the dead. He, he healed the sick. And he went to the cross. It wasn't an easy thing. In his humanity, he even felt separated from God his Father. But the Protestants will teach that he actually was separated in his divinity from his Father, which we know metaphysically is impossible because the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are three persons, one in being, one in nature, consubstantial. So there's no way God, Jesus in his divinity can be separated from his Father, but in his humanity, he felt abandoned like we do so often, and in that way, he, he entered into full solidarity with mankind and said, I'm raising you up. Just believe in me. Just be baptized and be joined with me, and be baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you can be uh, raised up to that original justice and be restored from original sin and uh, enter through the narrow gate, which, by the way, is only at Golgotha. But 
Tim, we're already out of time. We got to do a, a part two to this ministry, to this this talk. We've been talking about my book, Deep Adventure, uh, The Way of Heroic Virtue, just released by Servant Books, and you can buy it at deepadventure.com. Timothy McCormick, all we have time for is for you to say aloha. Aloha. Hey, we're going to come back for a second interview, okay? Sounds good. Okay, brother. All right, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel Laboon Markham with this episode of Truth or Consequences. Truth or Consequences was a popular, long-running television game show led most years by its famous host, Bob Barker. Now, the way it worked was if a contestant couldn't straight-up answer an obscure question within two seconds, well, then there were consequences. However, the consequences were usually fun stunts or warm surprises. But in real life, there are serious, often costly consequences for not telling the truth, like a lawsuit, the end of a marriage, or even prison for lying under oath and obstructing justice. Seems as though lying in modern culture has reached an epidemic by everyone from news anchors to politicians and everyday folks thinking lying will get them further than telling the truth. Never does. Now the good book says that, quote, your sin will find you out, end of quote. Always does. The quality of your soul pays a price for every lie, and your lies to cover up lies only gets things more complicated, makes you more vulnerable to being found out. Shoo doggy. All that work and trying to cover one's arse for lying would just tire me out. Now, my wife Colette is as clear-eyed as she is clear-thinking. She never lies or deceives, and she can see through fakes and muddy, foggy thinking like no other. Me? I'm lousy at lying, no sense in trying. Remember once when I was trying to convince Colette that I needed louder pipes on my Harley as a safety measure so folk could hear me coming up behind them? Her reply, you just want to sound cool. Darn it, bust it again. Truth or consequences? Even though the truth can be a bit painful, I prefer the initial pain over the long-term grim consequences of lying. This is Daniel DeBoon Markham at DanielDeBoonMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Aloha. Thank you for joining us on Deep Adventure Radio. I've been your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I hope you uh, enjoyed the interview about my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. And also remember, on June 22nd, I get to be with Father Mitch Packwell, one of my personal heroes. Uh, uh, he's going to interview me for an hour uh, on a live on a show on EWTN. And then an hour after the show ends, at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, the premiere of our reality show, Deep Adventure Quest, uh, is going to be on EWTN. And we're just so excited about sharing uh, that with you. It's a, it's based on an adventure retreat that we had uh, on the ocean and follows this, kind of follows the course of three young men as, as we go through the teaching on the seven virtues. And we're really stoked. Hey, we need your help, you guys. Um, write to us uh, about how you can help us, maybe donate to us. Uh, we are going to do season two of the reality show, and this one's going to be a Harley ride. It's going to be Rolling Thunder. We're not sure yet the route. Uh, if you want us to come through where you are, let us know because we're going to be uh, rolling thunder and uh, probably uh, you know having some men's rallies along the way. And you can join us on our ride if you want to. We're thinking about doing the the tra- the the 
the route from New Jersey to uh, the Harley uh, Museum in Wisconsin. Uh, so let us know if you're somewhere along that path in Ohio or somewhere. Maybe we can you can join up with us. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Go to our website, deepadventure.com. Until next week, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.